This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Welcome to the Full 90 Extra Time Podcast, our weekly look into the Seattle Sounders FC, minus the, the nerdy soccer culture, fan outrage, and an attempt to understand the hottest soccer league not funded by foreign royalty... MLS. Also, also minus the weekly lately. Yeah, how dare you? <laughs> Do us a quick solid and click on through to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rating. Definitely five stars. But primarily, leave us a comment. The review is great, but we want to know who your favorite ever Seattle Sounders FC player is. From Chad Marshall to Chad Marshall's fractured face. Oh, <laughs> poor guy, man. I love Chad Marshall. This week, the From Garbage to Glory to Hot Garbage. Hot Garbage. Sounders FC take on the Participation Trophy Colorado Rapids. Oh, it's AYSO style <laughs> in a battle for the nine was fine cup. It was not fine. And you also thought it was 10. So there we go. <laughs> hey, if it's 10 in my mind, at least somebody can be happy after that. It has facial recognition. It was win 10. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, it's been a while since we last potted, so what did we miss? All right, here's what you missed. If you're a Sounders fan who listens to this podcast and you aren't watching the Sounders game for your news, first of all, I'm so, so sorry. Yeah, no, uh, just don't. Just stop. Just stop now because, man, you nine in a row, awesome. It was great after that. Bye. <laughs> uh, uh, fake news. Sounders have uh, claimed the Cascadia Cup in Vancouver with their record-setting ninth straight win, which you, was awesome. And Oh, go ahead. Do you know why it's called George the Cup? Um, I'm just, I think because the tree on the Cascadian flag is also called George. And I'm imagining that's after George, George Lucas. I actually, I actually, yeah, it's named after George. It's named after George Lucas. It's actually named after George Clooney who discovered the Pacific Northwest. George Clooney Lucas. Yes. Okay. Um, George Clucas. George Clucas. Uh, yes, that's it. Okay. No, it makes sense now. Uh, So after nine straight wins, the Sounders were looking unbeatable, despite (laughs) some of those games coming uh, thanks to uh, our good friend own goal. Uh, Nine straight, and not only that, the run into the playoffs, uh, the statistics showed that the Sounders had the literally easiest schedule remaining out of anybody in the league. The Sounders had the easiest schedule in the league. Um, It was looking, and people were talking about what if the Sounders didn't lose and made it all the way to the playoffs, uh, right? Wait, 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 unfortunately, though, our friend, the, the injury generator, stepped up to help out. That's good. Somebody did forget to turn off the injury generator. God damn uh, it! 
So I don't know who that was. Uh, uh, I don't know who that was. I'm guessing I, it was head injury. Definitely not a head injury, Chad Marshall. We just forgetful. You get the micro headaches. You forget to turn it off. Yeah, it it, it does. Concussions do tend to mess with your memory. Um, it sounds like the Sounders can never lose again, right? Not right. They lost again, and um, <laughs> a 1-0 battle in Seattle with Philadelphia sees Chad Marshall get hashtag definitely a head injury. And uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz twists his ankle. Hot garbage. There you go, buddy. Uh, in Phil, you know his game against Philadelphia, who is fine, I suppose, but whatever. Was it a trap game? Uh, is it something that the Sounders, you know, it's a fluke? They'll get back in there on, you know, they're good. They'll get back. I can't on their do a trap game without thinking it's like a trap music. Like we should ask Ti or Drake about it. <laughs> Yeah, like it, that, it's on. That was who scored. It was Drake. Drake did score for for Philadelphia. Fat Drake. <laughs> yeah, Fat Drake. <laughs> uh, it was not a trap game because then the Sounders go down to L.A. to uh, to face a Ziggyless Galaxy. <laughs> we know hey, you're out there. Quick, just real quick, just so you know, um, when you said that Philadelphia were fine, a fine team, they are. Uh, we have a game in hand over them, and they are two points ahead of Seattle. So, like a pretty parallel story going on here. Them picking up three points on the road was massive for their season, and hopefully not detrimental to Seattle's. Sure, and not just that. They did go to Sporting Kansas City, who's currently second in the Western Conference, and they put two goals on Sporting Kansas City in Kansas City uh, to get another three points. Unfortunately for them, they play in the Eastern Conference against teams like Atlanta United and New York Red Bulls, who are the only two teams who are still in contention for the Supporter Shield. This well, good year. for Seattle, though. Sporting getting knocked back, getting a little confidence blow there is good. Uh, definitely. It's not like the Sounders just lost to some absolutely hot garbage team uh, like Colorado. (laughs) Hashtag mile high. (laughs) Uh, So Sounders hoping to bounce back um, without Chad Marshall to to definitely a head injury and uh, with Raul Ruiz, but, you know, a little hobbled by his ankle injury. Uh, They go to face Ziggyless Galaxy. Um, You know, Tom DeLonge is still looking for Ziggy somewhere out there in the galaxy. (laughs) Thanks, Tom. You're doing the Lord's work. Um, and they laid a big old goose egg while the Zlatan Galaxy... Uh, excuse me, that's not what the run sheet says. It sh- it says they laid a big fat turd. Hot garbage. I do feel like I've said big fat turd a lot on this podcast, which is why I was no, no, trying no. to venture away. That performance, first of all, two, there's two parts to this story, Brandon. Um, the pre-4th of July Seattle Sounders FC laid all of the big fat turds, okay? Secondly, they looked like the before 4th of July Seattle Sounders out there <laughs> laying a big fat turret. It is totally appropriate. Uh, but hey, at least the anthem was good, right? Good old BFT. Yeah, man, seven years old was that girl who was like, hitting the nuts. She hit that like, monster uh, yes, voice in them. And I was like, they, they show Zlatan and he's even like, damn, I don't even know what this anthem is. And that was awesome. Seven-year-old Malia Emma pops in for the national anthem that made national headlines because of her... I don't know her her just charisma and moxie getting in front of that entire stadium and and just belting it out quite amazing. What was not amazing was how the Sounders played the game of soccer which all of these men are paid to do. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. They were really bad. The Sounders without Harry Ship and his seamen and and his seamen without Harry Ship. Oh wait, hold on. It's time for the injury generator. 
Yeah. If you guess hamstring, um, first of all, you're not that smart because it's always hamstring. And second of all, you're absolutely right. Uh, and without Chad Marshall due to the hashtag definitely head injury we've already mentioned, then with that also previously mentioned uh, banged up Raul Rui Diaz, they traveled to L.A. to take on the Galaxy, and here's how it went down. Yeah, First of awesome. all, <laughs> it never really got started for the Sounders. In the ninth minute, uh, Brad Brad Smith the left back for the Sounders, the Aussie left back with a Premier League pedigree, trips in his own box. Uh, what he happened to trip over was the foot of Ola Kamara, the Sounders, or the Galaxy uh, forward, and also knocked Kamara down. PK to the Galaxy, which Zlatan drove to the right, sending Fry the wrong way. Goal, 1-0 Galaxy. Hey, what happened to Brad Bradsmith? Did he like find like an old rotten sandwich from Ziggy's locker or something like that and like get into it like the six-foot sub that Homer ate in the Simpsons and then end up like just kind of like sick in the head there for a while? Because these last two matches, he has not looked his himself. He, he's always he's like this giant of a man out there with the perfect deft of touch and now all of a sudden he's tripping on his own feet and causing PKs and stuff. I think it's the curse of the Brad is starting to to come off on him. Damn I, it. Oh, I w- go ahead. I would say, I and I actually heard some some commentators talking about this, that Brad, Brad Smith came over uh, from Europe, immediately got thrust into the uh, MLS action with the Sounders and um, I think he had a little bit of a knock when he first came over, uh, picked up in training, just, you know, travel and, and all of that. He had a little bit of high hamstring tightness. They did hold him from one of those first couple games that he uh, was available for. And then I think that, you know, the amount of MLS travel that players aren't used to, yeah. um, recovery time that they're not used to not getting, uh, I think that all contributes to Brad Bradsmithing, uh, Brad Bradsmith uh, hamstringing the F out of the match in the 16th minute. The worst. <laughs> uh, it's the second straight match that the Sounders are forced to make a substitution in the first half. Dude, uh, you don't want to use that on a left back like Brad Bradsmith. And then freaking Will Bruin forgets his contacts or something because <laughs> in the 24th, that rolled on cross looked awesome. Bruin's head, he's just like, oh, let's just clear this one. Let's get this out here. There we go. All right. Uh, okay, goal kick, right? I'm like, ah, damn it. That was terrible, Do- man. Like, it doesn't it, even challenge the keeper. Wide uh, open. Wide open, Roldan. I mean, the beautiful, beautiful ball from Roldan to find, uh, to find Bruin. It reminds me uh, there was during the Chelsea match uh, over the weekend. Um, some whoever Chelsea was playing, the guy heads it completely wide of goal, and in the background, there's an old man who looks like John Cleese, just laughing out loud and pointing at the guy in the front row. And the guy like definitely sees this old man <laughs> laughing at him. I was I was kind of hoping that this old man was also at the LA Galaxy match. Doubtful, hoping that he was also there sitting in the front row, just pointing and laughing at poor contactless Will I don't know if you heard what happened after that, though, uh, Brandon. The old man was going up the stairs at the stadium and... (laughs) Hamstring. (laughs) I actually think that in the 40th minute, this old man... uh, Actually, I don't think Alessandrini is that old, so it doesn't make the joke work. Whatever. In the 40th minute... um, it's still 1-0 to the Galaxy based on Slaton's penalty. In the 40th minute, uh, Alessandrini, Galaxy midfielder, I guess, makes a run down the left wing, uh, which the entire Sounders back line assumes is offside. They all throw their arm up in the air, but as we all know, throwing your arm up in the air is not how you play defense in the game of soccer. Um, the flag doesn't go up. Uh, the commentators are talking about, during the run of play, mind you, John Strong, the commentator, is saying... Uh, they don't throw the flag up because they're encouraging attacking play. This can always be reviewed uh, in VR if if 
they score a goal. And as they score a goal, he's talking about how they could potentially review this. It is never reviewed. No, it was um, reviewed. It was absolutely reviewed. Well, it was reviewed, but he the 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 center ref never went to VAR. Yeah, the, the VAR ref just reviewed. took a look at it. And was like, no, 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 that was not offside because you know uh, knew who came on and he was he's out of game shape. He was a step it, past. It. it I, I would say that it was at least close enough to warrant a second look. We've yeah, of course, seen, of course. But yeah, once they looked at it, once they slowed it down and looked at it on film, they're like, oh yeah, that's not offside. Uh, I would say that we've seen closer. We've even seen red cards turned completely over after going to VAR. That's why I'm saying like this play felt like to me, it was close enough to warrant a second look by the referee. Not to say that it was, because I, I don't think even after watching the review, uh, I don't think that you could clearly say that it was offside or onside, which is what I think makes... Uh, a case for using at least taking a second look at it, even if you arrive at the same conclusion, at least taking a second look at it. Nah, I hate it. I like uh, you got a professional side judge there, line judge looking at it, uh, doesn't see a problem. Then the VAR ref, whose only job is to look at the VAR review and see if it needs to go to the match official on the field, he says, "Nope, we're all good," and move on. I, I don't like it's a waste of time. I, Put your damn hands down. If they didn't all have their hands up, looking like idiots, like no, it wasn't the hands. It was the fact that as soon as that play happened, Roman Torres got drawn so far out of position, which left no. room for Alessandrini to play one-two with Zlatan, uh, and then cross the ball to Kamara, who's crashing the net. Um, knew who who kept the player onside, then didn't get back in time to defend the cross. Uh, not good for knew who. Uh, granted, he was a substitute, still getting into the game. Granted, he uh, makes fifty five thousand dollars a year against Zlatan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think that arms raised or not, Roman and uh, knew who have. Uh, are not going to want to watch that one again. Do your damn job and complain about it after the whistle blows. Like, stop with the. You're this is you're not on the in the drama department. Like, you don't need to like act this out and sell something. Stop the ball from going into the net. Then afterwards, have a good jaw at the referee. That's how you're supposed the, to do it. I think that there's going to be some time uh, that it takes for players to start to realize the same as in baseball or basketball, any other sport where video review has been a thing for a while, that you have to play to the whistle no matter what you think the call is. If you think it's offside, if you don't think it is, uh, selling it to the ref by throwing your arm up and telling them what you think isn't going to cut it anymore, you have to play until you hear the whistle. VAR or not, you got to play till the whistle. That's like sports 101. Until, Until the play is stopped by the official, you have to keep playing and then yeah. you yell about it afterwards because as soon as you give up and start looking for the foul or looking for the call, if the, the other team is smart and professionals, they keep going until the whistle or, or the opportunity to score. And like what you saw is one team shut off and the other team keep going. Yeah, especially now where the um, the the linesmen are encouraged on very close plays to keep their flag down, even if they think it could have been offside. Yeah, because they so have where, a, they have a headset that they can be like, "Yo, that might have been offside. We need to check right. that out." And like, there yeah, you so go. instead of calling it and and um, hoping that you know they they didn't flag it wrong, they now have room to make an error and bring it back. I wonder what so, the uh, I, like. I got to read the pro rules, the refereeing rules, because like I wonder when they decide to make the. Like, 
if it's obviously not going to result in anything, do they lift the flag? But if it's like looks like there could be some actual run on the goal, do they keep it down? Like, is there like some sort of instruction that tells them what the circumstances are? Sure. Uh, side note: In uh, FIFA 19, which comes out I think this week, there is a version of the game that you can play with absolutely no rules, which means that offside goals are completely allowed and like hard hard tackles are completely allowed. Uh, I'm excited to play that, and um, I think that that just reminded me of what we were talking about. Okay. Uh, so the shockers from the Seattle defense doesn't stop in the 40th minute with the second goal for LA Galaxy in the 52nd another one from Roman Torres who sees a slow roller coming his way inside the Seattle box makes a massive blunder fails completely to clear it as it rolls by him to the feet of Emma Boateng who is waiting behind to put it away for the third and final goal um, for Galaxy during this match they Got off to an easy start, that one nothing start, and then they were able to, um, they were able to make the Sounders look real bad and get to two nothing, and then they, like a real cohesive team, somehow not a team we saw just a few weeks ago, they were able to put it to, to bed with a three nothing. With that third goal, it's game over. It was game over at two, but like you still think you can fight back, maybe. But that third goal showed that the the quality that they had out on that field. The way that the Sounders played that entire first half, it was game over at one. The rest of it was mitigating that damage, at which the Sounders' defense uh, didn't do very well. And I would say that this isn't all even on the Sounders' defense. It's also on the Sounders' offense and the Sounders' midfield, who all did a very poor job. Bad game. Uh, very bad game all around. Yeah, it's uh, it's too bad because you start... You have so much momentum and so much positive attitude, but you realize how thin that all was. It reminds me of another Seattle sports team. They're called the Mariners, and <laughs> that first half of the season, they looked great, but they were like eking out all these one nothing wins or losing by eight. And yeah. then once those one nothing wins went away, suddenly you're talking – or like one-run wins, I'm sorry. As soon as those sure. go away, you realize the team's not that good. They were just eking out a bunch of small victories. I'm worried for Seattle in that same regard. So, looking at that performance by Seattle, that brings us to the most important player of the match. It's the Virgin Bud Light Limerita. In this case, woman of the match. Who do you got? Uh, this week's Virgin Bud Light Limerita woman of the match is anthem singer, seven-year-old Malia Emma. Virgin Bud Light Limerita, like Budweiser. No, I can't say this. <laughs> They'll get mad at me for that, Brandon. We'll just beat that out. Hi. Garbage. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. Hot garbage. We're taking the best, the worst, and the absolute crap. It's hot. It's garbage. It's hot garbage. All right. It's who's hot, who's garbage, and who is hot garbage, Brandon? Hot. Uh, hot. Somehow the Sounders, after two straight losses, are still above the red line. Hot. That means that they're going to the playoffs still as of right now. Uh, it's a team that we said way back, you know, 10 weeks ago or whatever, that they needed to average 1.8 points per match. Then they won nine in a row. And so really this setback isn't devastating unless it rocks the locker room. Yeah, think about a 27-point tw swing from the time that we were talking about 1.8. Uh, points per match in those nine matches uh, they were at uh, obviously to... averaging three points per match and then you add these two losses and they're still averaging over two points a match yeah so, so it would have been something like you needed 15 you got 27 what a great result right now you got 27 and you needed what four more into that 19 so you're still way out, 
ahead of the curve. You can still get a couple draws and a couple wins and see this thing through to the playoffs, which is still encouraging. That being said, sixth place where they currently are at is the last possible position to be in while still making the playoffs. Uh, the Sounders are going to want to do something to pad that. And fifth place and even fourth place where you don't have to play this play-in match um, in order to make the playoffs, that fourth place spot is still within sight. So uh, it's not time to take the foot off the gas just yet. How about garbage? Uh, garbage. The Sounders defense. Wait, I mean the Sounders offense. Wait, I mean the Sounders midfield. Wait, I mean everybody who's not Chad Marshall or Stephen Fry. Garbage. I haven't thought Kim Key. He still looks pretty decent, man. He's been my hero for this for this whole season. It's crazy. Uh, who's to blame for the performance, man? Is it depth? Is it uh, is it Schmetz? It's that's so. It's this is a tough one. No, it's not. Me. It's depth. <laughs> it's. Uh, I do think. I do think Def has a huge part to play. Uh, look where, I that, look where it broke down. Look where it broke down, dude. You um. You bring in uh, Will Bruin. Opportunity missed. Okay, I love Will Bruin. You know that, but like he hasn't started since July, or I think that's what right. it was. Uh, you bring him in for a start. He has a perfect opportunity to keep this game close. He m- messes that up. And then Harry Ship out. So what are you doing to replace him? Like, what does that look like? Then you have uh, Chad Marshall out, and Roman Torres gives us the crap performance. So I think the depth is like a huge problem for this team. That when everyone's out there and firing on all cylinders. Oh, and then Brad Bradsmith, he takes it takes it to the bench, and you got Newhu out there making effectively pro sports minimum wage, and delivering that type of performance where he's not match fit for it. I mean, he like still looked like he was fast and everything, and he had like a lot of sure. hustle. But no. You know, not a big. I don't want to want to put a lot of blame on him. It's just the fact that you're asking a lot from him. Sure, I I, I saw one person put it in a way that made a lot of sense to me. It was that Nuhu was a very fine left back until you saw what somebody like Brad Bradsmith could bring to the table. Um, and and so short our memories are to to remember what Joven Jones was like back in that position before. Um, so all of those all of those things being said, I think a lot of people uh, point to Schmetzer, they point to Lagerway um, for how this match gets managed for the squad rotation and all of that. But who are you supposed to rotate into this squad is the question. Alex Roldan is not going to be the guy who steps in and replaces uh, Rudy Diaz when he gets injured or Will Bruin or Harry Ship if they're out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, yeah, I think like, that you're right. central, like, you have to move someone like Roldan up or something like that. And then who are you going to put against you know uh, Ibra then like who's yeah. your guy you don't have you don't have Chad Marshall out there like Kim Kee he's your best bet but like who's your central midfielder that's going to play some holding midfield there to try and like or some defensive midfield to try and hold up guys like Ibra out there running around it's also how have we not called him Zebra that's like the missed opportunity <laughs> screw this camel talk we're talking about Zebra from now on <laughs> Uh, it's like it's painful that we've missed that for so long um, hey, question for you I got a question if you yeah. had to choose Right now, if you could pick one guy to come out onto the field uh, to start the next match, would you rather it be Joven Jones or Brad Bradsmith? Wow. Oh, I'm going to go with Joven Jones only because he is uh, he's a player that we've watched for a long time. I think the the we we had I have you know I just have more statistics of Joven to go off of to make that decision. He's fast up and down the ring just like Brad Brad Smith, so I think that they're they're equal there. Uh Joven I think just brings a little bit more creativity to the way that he dribbles around players. He always looks like he wants to get up and get forward. Uh, I know that he's got the defensive capability. Um he gets good crosses in. So both of them I think uh, have a lot of similar traits and similar qualities. Man. I think I think Joven um, 
I don't know. I just maybe it's just because I've watched more, sure. watched him play a little bit more. He's a proven, um, he's a proven entity. Like with, but Brad Brad Smith for me right now is like fifty fifty on what you're going to get out of him because these last two matches, given he only played sixteen minutes of the last match, but in those sixteen minutes gave up a penalty kick yeah. uh, that led to the, to Galaxy's first goal. It's his uh, it's his size and his laser beam crosses that he has that like with the sure. teams that, that that's not scoring goals. If you could put a ball perfectly in the box for a guy like Rui Diaz to score off of or for Will Bruin to miss, then that's like a huge asset and I know Joven did a lot of that too but he was certainly a more dynamic player that I think you saw a lot uh, fancier performance out of where uh, Brad Brad Smith is more of like a I feel like he's just he's like a bigger sturdier dude out there that's just like really picking his opportunities so it's a, I, I think you can't apples and oranges or something like you know sure. we're comparing two different things I have a similar question for you if yeah. you could pick a guy to go out there and play for you tomorrow who would you choose Ramon Torres or Seahawks Bobby Wagner. I feel like C- the Bobby Wagner's great in coverage, man. <laughs> that's what you need, a guy that's got his hands all over Ebro, keeping him controlled. I'd go Bobby Wagner. Uh, and honestly, I'd love to see Ramon Torres play Bobby Wagner's role, too. I bet you he'd be good at it. Oh, yeah, man. Um, hot, hot garbage. garbage. Uh, Sammy Ochoa jerseys. Oh, wait, hold, wait. Hot garbage. How dare you? I love a Sammy Ochoa jersey. I didn't know that until this season. Uh, I think uh, okay. So first of all, shout outs to Drone six three seven on Twitter, Twitter. Um, who has worn his Sammy Ochoa after hearing us talk about it on the pod uh, and talk a lot of trash about Sammy Ochoa <laughs> on the pod. Uh, he wore his Sammy Ochoa jersey that for some reason he had. Why uh, every <laughs> single match during the nine match win streak only to break the jersey the same day that the Sounders break their nine match win streak. So first of all, hot garbage because the fact that like the horcrux for the Seattle Sounders winning ways was a Sammy Ochoa Jersey is the worst thing in the world. (laughs) I can't believe how effortlessly you just use horcrux in a soccer (laughs) podcast. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, man, that Jersey broken. It ruins everything. Get that Jersey fixed drone six, three, seven. Good God. Yeah, it's the only thing holding us together. People getting mad on the internet after anything happens at the match. It's this week in fan outrage. Uh, this week in fan outrage, Aspen, who shares a lot of our views on um, <laughs> certain players, says uh, Roman Torres should never play a game for the Sounders again. I mean, a bit extreme. It should just say should never play a game for the Sounders at center back again. Because <laughs> he, you know, he is a decent forward. He is the single traditional center of- forward man. You put him up top there. He, he traps the ball, dishes it off to a quick little guy like Rui Diaz. They both speak Spanish. I'm just saying. I don't know if uh, Ramon Torres would have been able to head that ball in any better than uh, Will Bruin because of all of the hair that's on the top of that man's head. Uh, he would probably suffer less a fate than Chad Marshall's definitely a head injury with all that hair to protect him. <laughs> it's like a hair helmet. <laughs> he's, he's got the P- the Petr Cech uh, helmet just yeah. built into his brain. It's a smart move. <clears throat> it is. Uh, <laughs> this week in fan outrage comes from our very own at Hey Gregor, who deleted <laughs> this tweet, <laughs> saying Roman Torres is hashtag hot garbage. Hot garbage. And I'm not wrong, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Um, this week in fan outrage, uh, the questionably uh, usernamed at Fun with Putin says, Why does Ibrahimovic look like that? <laughs> Uh, obviously because he's a karate expert, okay? Moving on. The karate Swede. Uh, this week in Fan Outrage, Aaron says, if you're a referee and call a foul throw, you're a cop. 
I was wondering why that referee was running around with the aviators on and the mustache. That was a strange. Uh, uh, wait. <laughs> oh my God. Zing. Yeah. Woo! Um, <laughs> we didn't even talk about the fact that there was a foul throw cause called on Aussie during this match. It was like the stupid. I mean, I wouldn't even. I I looked at it. Granted, I don't know enough about the intricacies of throwing the ball in. All I know is you have to keep both of your feet on the ground and the have ball the ball go, go over, over your head. head. Yeah. And I think that maybe the ball over your head is where they called where they slided him on that call. I don't know if you remember the play, but maybe he threw it off to the side of his head. I got called for one of those in a rec game once, and I was very very upset. Cop. Uh, yes, stupid, stupid. I remember cop. playing basketball as a kid, and I went to take an inbound. Um, just like after someone scored, I just went to grab the ball and just inbound it from the baseline there. And I didn't yeah. put both feet out, and the ref blew the whistle and called a foul on me. Like, now you got to have both feet out. I was like, fine. And then two seconds later, when they scored after my error, I did the same thing again, and my coach was furious. <laughs> I think you see that like 19 times a day in a basketball game and in a, in a soccer match as well. If you're ever doing, if you're ever selling drugs and you, if you want to know if somebody's a cop or not, ask them to referee your local soccer match. Hey, could you uh, just uh, critique me real quick on this throw in? <laughs> what do you think about this? Well, that's a foul throw. Cop, cop, cop. <laughs> Okay, so we're looking at the headlines. Bad news for oh. our Canadian um, neighbors to the north. I just got off the phone with Canada. I made a huge mistake. I think they knew I was an American. I'm trying to buy their uh, prescription drugs illegally to bring them back to America because EpiPens are like <laughs> $600 here, and I need one for my kid, and they're like $100 there. But I didn't answer. I didn't talk to them and answer with my voice going up. I, did, I made the mistake, and so then the person at the pharmacy was like, wait a second, are you a cop? They didn't say that, but I certainly felt <laughs> did they, like it. Did they ask you to referee their soccer match? <laughs> like, hey, what do you think of this throw-in? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I know this trick. <laughs> we're on to you. Uh, headline out of Vancouver, out of BC Place, where the Whitecaps play. Head coach Carl Robinson is out as their head coach. This being a team that is four points out of playoff position so not like they are wooden spoon san jose earthquake congratulations on your achievement san jose Uh, (laughs) oh is the wooden spoon for the worst team yeah it's a worst possible team in the league and san jose has clinched that with five matches left oh my god uh dethroning uh their bitter rival hey i've got i've got a theory here i know we don't do pro rel and mls but if you are that bad let's just go ahead and bring sacramento up and uh, we'll just send san jose down I mean, it's fair enough. Their fans don't have to travel that much further to get to those matches. I don't think that's true, but yeah, okay. Uh, Sacramento and San Jose, I don't know much about California, but those are only like five minutes away from each other. So Obviously, you can see them both on a map at the same time, therefore (laughs) next to each other. Got it. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, So, yeah, Carl Robinson, a guy who a lot of people have been calling for his head in Vancouver for a a long time. Um, Even after this team makes the playoffs, they just lump it forward. The Sounders famously having knocked them out of the playoffs in the last couple seasons. Uh, Vancouver a team that um, the fans are just getting fed up with the way that they play uh, and the head coach falls on the sword, kicked out of the team. Um, they have some interim guy and they're looking for a new coach. That's that. 
You know what it is? Uh, there was a strange thing. This is I, I have to call back just for a couple matches ago. Seattle was in Vancouver, and I'm watching this game like uh, you know forever later. And I look around, and it's like none of the Sounders brought hair product with them. Everyone had floofy, puffy hair. Like Stephen Stephen Fry had it. Even Rui Diaz looked like he was a mess. Like they just woken up or something. And I was like, <laughs> oh, this is the old we're playing in our pajamas trick that Vancouver pulls on people. And listen, Robbo, if that's your best gig, okay, if you're just gonna try and fool the opponent with pajamas. It's not going to work this time. <laughs> um, that's how you trick little kids into going to bed. Uh, uh, this I thought that was going to go way worse than that, Brandon. I didn't. <laughs> I, I almost took it way worse, but then I didn't. I, Good I didn't. save. You're the real yeah. Stefan Fry of that terrible joke. <laughs> uh, as long as I'm not Stefan Fry against Philadelphia or LAFC earlier this season. Um, everybody gets a couple. Come on now. This week in headlines, um, voting is officially open. If you're a season ticket holder for the Sounders, voting is open for the Sounders FC general manager. So, so Brandon, um, are you logger win or logger out? <laughs> logger wout is how you pronounce that. I'm no, pretty I, sure. I refuse to bite. <laughs> um, that's, oh man, uh, I, I am logger win, I believe. I think how about so you? too. I think that. I don't know enough about who would potentially replace him. I mean, I know you just switched jobs, so you're probably not too rooted into your new gig. You could probably go to Vancouver and coach or be the GM in Seattle. I'd vote for both of those for you. You seem to know your stuff. But I feel like Garth Lagerway is has delivered on a few things and gave us an MLS Cup and a second trip, but we're not generating very good-looking attack-minded football here and so that's kind of a disappointment and I think there's going to be a lot of people who are mad about that and who can't handle one season that's not going the right way uh, I, I would say so too I would say that if the Sounders do not make the playoffs this year he's out. Uh, it would be too late I would. I think the vote's over before that deadline happens that's smart I think smart that's actually, the that's actually prudent that. so that way they don't end up with like a knee jerk reaction type thing Sure, but right, I would now, say that. Now, hold on now. Can the Sounders just fire him because they want to? Sure. Any, I think even if the if the fans vote, you know, I think it's a vote of no confidence, but it doesn't actually force the hand of the team to 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 kick to actually fire Garth. So um, it's like American this, politics, <laughs> just like American politics. <laughs> um, so. They and, and the other thing is that you need a consortium, so they have to they have to get a certain percentage of season ticket holders to actually participate in this vote. Um, and so you know, who knows if if they get the right amount of people? Yeah, to it's do not this. just ECS Jerry voting, like. <laughs> but it, but but it might just be. What's up, Jerry? Um, <laughs> hey, man, fan of the year. <laughs> uh, I think that. Uh, the this no time in the Sounders history have they ever voted out the general manager. The transition from the previous general manager, who was Adrian Hanauer, uh, to Garth Lagerway was Adrian Hanauer stepping down and instilling uh, Garth Lagerway into the role. So never have the Sounders had to um, to face that face that scenario where they have to replace a general manager. Um, so who knows? I don't think I don't think that there's enough. I mean, you can look at a lot of positives: two MLS Cup uh, appearances, one win. Um, you know, the Sounders keep making the playoffs. Uh, they've signed some good players, but then you've got all, of, and then and the academy is looking great. All of the academy teams so far this season, it just started, uh, but so far in the season for the academy, none of the academy teams have lost. So 
the academy's been looking good. That the pipeline to S two, the pipeline to the pros uh, that he's talked about so much about, yeah. um, is starting to to look right. It's starting to produce. Um, hey, shout outs to Wade Weber and for his part in that too. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah. And, okay, cool. And I, so you so you're logger win. I, I am logger win, uh, but I I think that my tune could quickly change based on how the beginning, how the next transfer window goes, and how the beginning of the next season goes. Real quick, a final headline. Uh, final headline, everybody pour out a little bit of your pickle juice. Uh, <laughs> Chad Barrett, former Seattle Sounder, uh, notoriously, profusely sweaty man. Yeah, he went to like the to the Gatorade or the some sort of like uh, performance testing thing because he kept cramping up and like is having problems. And they were like, you're the literally the sweatiest person we've ever seen. <laughs> and the solution to that was to drink pickle juice because it has so much brine and whatever else makes pickles happen. Um, cucumber wieners or something like that and it, it it helped him it helped him be able to stay on the pitch longer it's the injuries that ultimately forced him out of the game and that's too bad because he was a goal scoring phenom Where, when, when he was so clutch I really miss that guy uh, I, I did he was he was awesome on the Sounders uh, great to watch him for a few seasons and um, I will never forget his ballerina goal celebration after <laughs> uh, scoring against I think Vancouver uh, to be honest so uh, sad to watch that guy or sad to not be able to watch that guy play again um, two legends oh, was that the season the where Vancouver team. wasn't wearing pajamas they were wearing dance belts with the big <laughs> package area uh, I think we'd have to explain what a dance belt is to most of our audience. <laughs> Google it. Uh, with a win streak snapped. And a losing streak in place. The Sounders have to focus on one thing at this point, and that is make the playoffs nine full seasons, nine playoff appearances, six major trophies, and no, I'm not counting the Desert Diamond you Cup. You know how I feel about the Desert Diamond Cup, Brandon. I <laughs> love Tucson, represent Tucson, and I can't believe you're not counting it. Uh, the Sounders are on the cusp of snapping that even more important streak, uh, which is the only streak that sets them apart as one of MLS's giants, which is never having missed the MLS playoffs in their entirety uh, of existence in the league. Yeah, that's crazy. Um so that being said, the Sounders play host to Colorado Rapids. Uh, five well, matches yeah, left in the five season. Five matches, man. That's crazy. With three at home, that's sweet. So I would say going into this match, the Sounders have to take control of their own destiny. Um, they, they, a first-round bye is possible. It's in sight. But right now, two matches lost in a row to a team that is okay and a team that is not good at all being Galaxy, who I would say aren't... I mean, the Sounders beat them 5 nothing just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, meaning the Sounders are up on Galaxy 5-3 on aggregate over the last <laughs> No, match. that's so not how that goes, we're still winning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, three matches on, uh, at home, two on the road. It is time for the Sounders to take advantage of what's in front of them start winning games like we've just seen them do nine times in a row i'm worried man um, i'm worried so am i so uh, and am I'm i worried that the that last match is what's going to get la to wake up here they, like wake, wake a sleeping beast there sure. and suddenly you start to see like they're right below seattle they're three points back in, in the table right now and uh however seattle has a game in hand so a, a win is so critical luckily we have a wonderful team to play in the colorado rapids this is perfect but it's also one of the scariest type of matchups colorado real bad colorado 
Very, very bad. Colorado has already been eliminated. With five matches left in the season, Colorado and San Jose are the only two teams in the league to have already been eliminated from playoff contention. Earlier this season, on the 4th of July, the Sounders beat Colorado 2-1 to one in Colorado at Colorado Stadium. The Richard, a.k.a. Dick's Sporting Good Park. Um, nobody else calls it the Richard. I'm pretty sure that's just us. Great. Um, during that match, Bruin uh, picked up a brace. Uh, Fry picked up one of his infamous highlight reel saves on a Gashi shot. Um, Skelton Gashi, however you say that dude's name. It was that, I don't know if you remember the save, but it was Fry coming, cutting back across the box, jumping behind him, almost replicating his uh, MLS Cup 2016 save, uh, but to the opposite side. Sure. Amazing, amazing, amazing save. Wow, the lineup is so different too, man. That's yeah. crazy. Uh, yeah, at the time uh, on the on the Sounders bench was Wolf Ikram, Magnus Wolf Ikram, who uh, was actually turned back into, into a wolf <laughs> and, and and howled his way back to Norway or where yeah, he's running around from. through the tundras of the frozen northern parts of Norway now. Although I'm pretty sure it's trolls that are are more popular. Who do you think in, fights in trolls, dude? Duh. Uh, if you've ever watched the movie Troll Hunter, it's the Troll Hunter. Oh, I have not watched that movie because I have not taken. Oh, your you're advice. gonna want to watch that. No, I know we did you're a whole pod about it. it. Yeah, I, I remember, but I just haven't watched it. And we should for sure. Okay. So Wolf Icon, uh, Alex rolled on. What happened to that guy? <laughs> Alex rolled on. Still in the system, I would say. Uh, he's currently running his brother's merchandise company with Christian rolled on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, have you heard uh, about Clint Dempsey's uh, hip replacement? That guy got old so fast. That guy went from whatever, like 35 years old to 50 years old. Uh, in the matter of a few months, and God, that he was, was handled so well, man. He was just allowed to fade out and just disappear. I think that was done so well. I miss Clinton Dempsey so much for being like such a G on the side, but like, man, they made like right now they could actually kind of use him because the, the depth is kind of lame. But you know, and then Lamar Nagel, he still exists. That's amazing. Lamar Nagel does still exist and has been like just hanging out on S2 this whole season and playing a bunch of games for them. So good for him to to keep playing. I'm pretty sure he he and his wife live in Tacoma. He's from Federal Way originally. So yeah. uh good for him to be to be just kicking the ball around. So at the time uh when the Sounders last beat Colorado all the way back in July a few months ago, uh that win took the Sounders to a astonishing record of Four wins, nine losses, and three draws. <laughs> but boy, the boy is Colorado so bad, though, dude. Uh, Colorado is is so bad. I want Colorado I feel has like, seventeen losses. <laughs> I almost feel like we should do one of those segments where I say Colorado is bad, and you say how bad are they, and then we come up with something clever to say. But there's their it, goal there's, differential is minus twenty three. <laughs> uh, they have lost their last five matches. Haven't they didn't score in four of those five, and it was up until their last match in a recent two to one loss to the Crew, uh, where during that match, yes, they scored a goal, still lost. Uh, but they also uh, suffered a red card to their left back, Declan Wynn. Um, so, obviously, things are not great down in Rapids land, uh, which is somewhere 17 near Denver, losses, Brandon. This is what worries me the most is because Seattle has a tendency to show up for some, some matches where they play to the quality of the opponent. And so a hungry at-home Colorado team with nine you know, 19 losses in a row or whatever could mean trouble for a Sounder squad that doesn't have an identity right now. That just like, it feels like the Sounders are in a boxing match and they just really took a, a jab right to the face and it 
like just dazed them a little bit and now it's like are you going to get hit by that cross and get knocked down or are you going to keep going yeah, that's that's uh, that's a good way to look at it, especially when you have a team like Colorado. These guys are no longer playing for the playoffs. They have no hope left in the season of saving their season. Um, these guys are playing for their jobs, for new contracts, for trying to 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 get picked up and and keep their position in the in the coming year, or to at least increase their trade value. So that way, when they are off to another team, um, they're going to uh, in Atlanta and not you know, a San Jose in this case. <laughs> so some of the, these players are looking, uh, they have something to fight for despite it not looking like it on the schedule. That All that to say, I would expect going into this match, Seattle should, you're right, I think you're right that the Sounders do often play down to their opponents, uh, um, which is actually terrifying when you go into a game like this against Colorado. Sounders do have a recent and good history against Colorado. So I would say that the Sounders are going to go into this a lot of possession, but the question at this point is whether or not they're going to be able to do anything with it. I don't think Colorado is going to put up a strong defense, um, but Colorado on the road, they're going to buckle in. They're going to to sit back and wait for the counter. Um, it's going to be up to the front three of Sounders, whether it's Rui Diaz, uh, Ladero, if he finally locks in a position uh which we don't want to even get into the way he played against Galaxy, uh, and possibly Will Bruin or hopefully Harry Ship if he's back. Dude, uh, but the biggest question here, though, you just said it a second ago, waiting to play that counterattack, who's playing in defense at this match? Yeah, and, and I'm hoping that Brad, Brad Smith pulling himself out of that match precautionary with hamstring tightness isn't a full-on muscle pull because hopefully he'll be able to to get some recovery this whole week. I'm, I, you know that I'm not talking about Brad, Brad Smith, though. <laughs> you know that I'm worried about that center back position. Have you heard anything about Chad Marshall? I haven't heard anything about Chad Marshall, and I'm hoping that they taped his head back together and he'll be able to actually play in this match. It's amazing that we talk about uh, how the man of a match uh, is, is well, I mean, we, we said it all by not naming any single sounder and by naming the anthem singer, but I would say that the man of that last match is definitely Chad Marshall because he's all anybody could talk about after the match because you can see what a key piece he is to the Sounders' defense when he's not there. So- he's such a quietly good player that he just makes plays without any fanfare, without having to make last lunging, diving tackles or anything crazy like that. He's just good and you don't recognize it because he's so good. So he's your hero if he plays this week then? Absolutely. I think that if he plays this week, um, he's a guy who who has to stay back and, and is going to stop whatever Colorado, because Colorado isn't coming out with you, coming at you with a lot. So I think that Chad Marshall is a guy that's going to stop it. Also, my hero is anybody who can put the ball in the back of the damn net because two weeks in a row, nobody's been able to do that. And there's not really an excuse for that against the opposition that the Sounders have been playing. Do you sit Rui Diaz to try and get that ankle feeling better? Or do you put him out there and just have him not track back as much if you're the coach? That's a that's a good question. I don't know the extent of Rudy Diaz's um, injury. Whether medium. they pull him out of it's a it's a medium, or as Brian Schmetzer would say, he's a tough kid, which means nothing. It literally means nothing. Um, I love it though. 
at the same time. So I think that you keep Rudy as in uh, at least in that. But it, but but who do you put in his place? Hanwala Buana, who hey, shout out to Hanwala Buana for being back in the eighteen in the last match. Yeah. Um, but who do you put in his place if Harry ships out with a hamstring and Will Bruin's a blockhead and isn't able to put the the uh, ball you gotta, on that? You got to assume that Will Bruin is a professional and that he will get over that miss. And want the ball again. That, that'll be interesting to see because I'm sure he'll get a start again if the if it's the same kind of squad in terms of injuries. If he's yeah. out there, feed that guy the ball a hundred times just over and over to try and get him to make something happen. Or at least to lay something off to someone quick like a Ladero or uh, if Rudy Diaz if he plays. I, I, I want to yep. see Will Bruin bounce back from this because I think if you put a lot of pressure on him and just give him a lot of opportunities, he'll he has a chance to deliver. It could go terribly wrong, but then you can take some of the pressure off of these other guys that are a bit ailing. All right, Brandon, who's your villain, though? That's my big question for Colorado. I mean, if you have to name a guy to keep an eye on, it seems pretty obvious. I I would say that he's not having the best season, but Tim Howard is going to be the villain against a team like the Sounders, who are struggling to put to to score beautiful goals, if if goals at all. Tim Howard being a U.S., a former, I would say at this point, former U.S. international goalkeeper, has played at the highest stages. He's the guy that's going to be the guy to keep the Sounders off the uh, off the score sheet, especially with the defense that's as bad as Colorado's is. All right, TLDL, too long didn't listen, assuming you're just waking up from behind the wheel of your 18-wheeler crashing through a forest of trees. What would you sum this up? TLDL. Uh, let us know if you see any trolls out there in those forests. Yeah. Too long didn't listen. Colorado is bad, but apparently bad is good if you're playing in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair. I guess that's, that's good. What else you got? Too long didn't listen. The host of the Full 90 Extra Time podcast might have better and stronger hamstrings than the entirety of the Sounders FC roster. Fake news. My hamstrings are awful. Like, just <laughs> thinking about them being hurt, is it's a terrible... Like, oh, no! <laughs> no! Ah, hamstring. And finally... Good luck walking to work. Finally, yeah, from Snohomish. <laughs> yeah. I'll be walking my 30 miles to work tomorrow. I better leave now. <laughs> and finally, TLDL. I'm calling him Zebrahimovic from now on. <laughs> Take a look at your He's Crystal a- Pepsi ball. I want to know your score or game predictions for this upcoming week. It's a Saturday 1 p.m. matchup. Seattle Sounders FC welcome terrible, terrible Colorado Rapids with 17 losses on the season. They're playing on the road, so playing in CenturyLink could be challenging. Up to the fans. Brandon, what do you see happening? Taking a deep, dark, uh, actually clear, long look into my Crystal Pepsi ball, I see the Sounders... I'm hoping you're right. I'm hoping that they're going to scratch out a 1-0 win against Colorado with a goal from Will Bruin. I'm going to say 2-1 Seattle. All right. (laughs) 